0: This is Charles Kirsch, and welcome to Backstage Babble. Backstage Babble is a podcast interviewing professionals in the theater industry about themselves, their careers, and the people they've worked with along the way. And today, I am so glad to be joined by veteran performer David Jackson. David Jackson appeared on Broadway in UB, La Cage aux Folles, My One and Only, Grand Hotel, and Tommy Tune Tonight, and in Carmen Jones at the York Theater. And on August 23rd at 7 p.m., he'll be headlining at 54 Below with special guest David White. You can find tickets to his wonderful show at the link in the episode description. I'm thrilled to announce as well that David and David will also be appearing in Backstage Babble Live at 54 Below on September 6th, recreating their roles as the Jimmys in Grand Hotel. You won't want to miss either show. So now, without further ado, here's David Jack. So, um, I'd love to uh, start our interview by asking you, um, how did you first get interested in theater?
1: Well, um, beca- uh, when I was in, uh, I would think, uh, junior high school, high school, I was always involved with uh, the music department and the drama department. So I always had uh, a joy of um, uh, singing and performing. And, uh, so, and then my mom was musical, you know, so she, uh, would sing around the house and I would sing with her. And so, um, I always had music around me.
0: And, um, even when you were singing with your mother, did they, um, did your parents, were they supportive of your interests? Did they want you to?
1: Always, always supportive. Mom and dad were very supportive of whatever I wanted to do. And, uh, um, I would say they were a hundred percent in support of, me being you know in drama school and and choir it just kept me i guess they thought it kept me out of trouble <laughs>
0: <laughs> and where did you go to drama school
1: uh it was a small school in center city philadelphia called the philadelphia drama workshop studio and um it was uh mostly all we did there uh, was scene study. Uh, we just do parts of uh, of, of, of plays and uh, sometimes a musical, but mostly plays, and um, and then that led to summer stock, oh. and um, and then um, children's uh, theater for young audiences in Philadelphia, where I would do uh, uh, the summer stock circuit doing children's theater. You now, the, the um Camelot's and the uh, and the Alice in Wonderland all oh. that that whole whole thing of shows like that, you know.
0: Yeah. And was there an audition song you would use or anything like that?
1: Uh yes, um the my my ballad was um uh <clears throat> Seesaw uh from this musical Seesaw and my uptempo was I can not give you anything but love. <laughs> Those were my two go-to songs for auditions.
0: And did you always know that you wanted to move to NYC, and how did that end up
1: happening? Um, well, I I always wanted to come to New York, and but I always thought that I had to save it up save up enough money oh. to do that. And I think we all know that that's impossible. You can't save up enough money to come to New York. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I. Uh, I just came here. I came here in 1978 and uh, got a workshop. I uh, got an agent. And it um, uh, wasn't a workshop, it was a showcase. There was they were called showcases then. I did a showcase and uh, got an agent. And then I got my first Broadway show within a year after moving here. And uh, it was called UB. Oh, yeah.
0: And when you were working on that show with Huey Blake still being alive, was he ever around, or did you ever get to meet him?
1: Oh, he was around a lot, uh, as much as he could. I mean, um, I think uh, I think he died at ninety eight. Uh, if you it, that 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 that's debatable with all the you know different websites you you um, you 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 uh, research, but uh, we celebrated. a hundred years old at oh. the time. <laughs> he was only about ninety-eight or ninety-nine.
0: <laughs> and what were your own sort of interactions with him like? And
1: well, um, as a cast member, he would come uh, on stage for his birthday uh, cake. It was a for I think I think it was his hundredth. We celebrated his one hundredth birthday on stage. And uh, we had a big cake at this curtain call for him. And also there was a, uh, a, an event at the Players Club uh, in Gramercy Park for him that we all went to. And uh, that was nice. So, yeah, he was around as much as he could. He was an old man, so, yeah. you know, he didn't show up a lot, but he was there. He was very happy to um, see the show on Broadway. Yeah. So was very very supportive of it.
0: And how was the process of the sort of songs in the review getting divided up? Did that happen before you got cast or sort of during rehearsals? Yes,
1: yeah, that was all cast. Uh, I joined the company in New York. They had already uh, had an out-of-town tryout in Philadelphia at the Walnut Street Theater. And um, I uh, joined it as an understudy in New York. So those roles had already been established. And uh, so I, when I came in, I understudied uh, Gregory Hines, Mm -hmm. Mel Johnson Jr., uh, Jeffrey Thompson, and Lonnie McNeil. So I had four tracks to learn. And um, so, yeah.
0: And did you ever get to go on or have to go on?
1: I went on a lot. Yes, I went on a lot. And then... I succeeded in the role, uh, Lonnie McNeil's role, when he left. So I had that was my role. And um, there was a, um, a Warner Brothers uh, video company production of it that we did. And uh, so I'm featured in that with the original cast. Because oh. Lonnie had gone by then. Yeah.
0: And what was it like to work with Gregory Hines and his brother Maurice, who are, of course, great...
1: Well, I tell you, child, it was uh, when, that was my first Broadway show, and to be um, uh, to have my first Broadway show with with the brilliance of the Heinz brothers and the other established singers that were in that show, it was the best uh, lesson uh, for any young actor dancer. Uh, to make his debut on Broadway, to learn and to see the professionalism and the love between uh, within that company was uh, palpable. It was just wonderful. So it was great. It was wonderful. And um, and then after uh, the Broadway company, I went on tour with it.
0: And was it received? Did you find just as well on tour?
1: It was, yes, it was. It was a big hit on tour. And we had a lot of, uh, lot of engagements. Um, I, I can't remember all of them. It was uh, in 1980, I think it was. So it's kind of far away. Um, but I do remember that uh, Chuck Cooper was in it, oh. uh, who's now a big, big, big name in, uh, in, uh, in the Broadway world. And um, so uh, that's when I first met Chuck Cooper. Yeah.
0: And what did you sort of learn? You're mentioning this with the Heinz brothers, but what did you sort of learn from your Broadway debut about what Broadway will be like? And...
1: Uh, discipline and uh, preparedness, um, uh, taking care of your body, uh, your body and your voice. And how to keep that in good shape uh, because this was a, an eight-time, uh, you know, eight-performance week. So. And it was a dance show. So um, I had never done that before. So I needed to, I had learned very quickly uh, what to do, how to take care of myself so I can be at 100% each time I went on stage. You know, and because I was an understudy, I had to always be ready. As you mm-hmm. know, from you know, from from stories of being understudy, especially the way they are, understudies are being um, heralded now because of the whole COVID thing, and and the understudies have to be ready at the at a spur of the moment. You know, so mm-hmm. so even then, before COVID, when um, I was just covering all these guys. I had to be ready and and, in top shape. So I learned how to do that, take care of myself.
0: And so I'd love to ask how um, My One and Only came about, which was your next
1: show after Yubi? Oh, My One and Only first happened. Um, I was on tour with Yubi and uh, a call went out um, that this new Gershwin musical was being cast. And, uh, so I came in and auditioned for that and, um, I got the job. Um, and, um, uh, there was a, uh, you know, the show was in deep trouble in Boston. Oh. And, uh, so we were doing, uh, a, a show at night in Boston and rehearsing the New York show during the day. So we were working very hard to make the show work because the reviews in Boston were not favorable.
0: And what were some of the problems with the show, and some of the changes that were
1: made? Well, um, the original director Peter Sellers, S E L L A R S, not the actor, uh, but the uh, the director of uh, uh, some, oper- some, uh, some operas. And, uh, he was in opera world. Um, he, uh, he had a vision for the show that just didn't work. And so, um, excuse me. So, um, he was let go eventually and then tune took over the show as a director. So he had, and tune had, uh, uh, I call him (laughs) tune, Tommy tune. Um, and, um, he uh, took over the reins uh, as you know, he was dancing in it, he was choreographing it, and he was now directing it. So he had a lot of hats uh, to wear uh, on this troubled show. So it was, um, it was stressful, but um, we were all young and excited about it, and we knew we had a good show. And uh, so we worked at it, and, um, and uh, we came into New York, and uh, we were a big hit.
0: And what is Tommy Toon like as a choreographer in rehearsal? How does he sort of run the rehearsals?
1: Well, he had, um, I would say, two or three assistants who were very good because uh, I I would think uh, as a choreographer, you you are thinking of things uh, immediately or you worked on something the night before. And it's forever changing. And so the job of the the dance captains and the associate, the assistant choreographers, uh, their job is to remember all the steps, the ones that were created and the ones that were thrown out and the new ones. So we had excellent dance captains. And and, uh, so um, it it, it was a wonderful process, Charles. Just wonderful.
0: was there a style of dance that you particularly sort of specialized in, or uh,
1: tap and jazz? That was my uh, my 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 strengths. My two strengths were that I took ballet um, because uh, that's what uh, one must do to um, to be a a well-rounded dancer. But my uh, tap and jazz were my uh, my uh, my strengths. Oh.
0: And so, when did you know that my one night mm-hmm. would be the success that it was?
1: Uh, when we came into New York and we oh. got the reviews, it was they, they weren't they weren't rave reviews, but they uh, the audiences loved it. And we had Tommy Toon, we had Triggy, who was perfectly cast. We had uh, Charles Honey Coles, Roscoe Lee Brown. So we had a lineup of, of, of good, of, of, of wonderful names. So, uh, and also the show was just joyous. So, you know, people left the show and uh, word of mouth helped us, I'm sure. And, uh, so when we, we ran for a long time and the, and the tour went well, I went on tour with it for a little bit and, um, and then, uh, uh, I came back to New York. Where did I go to California? I'm not sure. I forget.
0: Oh. And um, when you are in a long run like this, how do you avoid sort of getting bored of the show or anything like that?
1: Um, well, you, you have you, you, you've made hopefully you've made a lot of friends in the cast. Oh. Uh, so there's always uh, uh, a camaraderie uh, with your castmates um also i think uh, i pretty much know this um once you you are on stage you you forget everything else but the show yeah. and you you're doing the show and you want to be there and uh with my one and only and with all the other shows i've done they've been such good productions and so there was always something to be excited about each time.
0: Oh yeah. You um, you mentioned touring with my one and only and of course you toured with UB2 and what do you like about that sort of life on the road and
1: Well, you're mm-hmm. away from reality, you know. You don't have to make up your own bed at home. You don't have to cook, you know. You, you I mean, you it, it's it's pretty and you're traveling, you're, you're 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 going different places. i like to travel. So, um, I love experiencing every city that we ever went to. So there was always something interesting for me in whatever city I was in. Um, I do like the the order of of, of touring. You have to be on time for, uh, at the airport, you have to be on time all the time. So um, it's just uh, it's it's a it's a it's a wonderful uh, discipline being on tour. You you have to be responsible for yourself. Yeah. And and in return, you are responsible to your other uh, company members. Okay.
0: And so I'd love to ask about La Caja Fall, which was your next show, which I believe you came into mid-run. Is that right, or?
1: I came into the run also as an understudy um, uh, to Jacob. I came into the show with a chorus role. I was always in the show every night. Uh, I replaced Tom Sesma. Do you know him?
0: Oh, yes, yes, I do.
1: Yeah, I replaced Tom Sesma. Um, and uh, so uh, that was one of the chorus parts, so running through the show, but also Tom... Uh, and then I did um, understudy Jacob. And um, then after a while, I took over the role of Jacob in Lakash.
0: And so at this time, with Lacash being sort of a revolutionary show in some ways, did you ever face any backlash or anything like that about doing it? Or
1: No, not at all. Not oh. at all. It, you know, I think that was the first show that. Had uh, a theme of two men being in love. I think yeah. for uh, and and um, uh, and, I, and the way it was written and presented, it was um, palatable. I think I could that's the right word for a large audience. So it, there was, I, I never had any backlash on it, and I never heard of any backlash about it. Um, oh. it, it again, that was one of the Oh, that show, the Kajels all of those guys, was they were amazing. Okay. They would go out um, uh, uh, to hospitals in their costumes or in some other costume as nurses or something and and and, and cheer up people, cheer up uh, uh, people who are in the hospital who are ill. So they would do this in drag. And, I mean, this is what they did. They just spread joy everywhere they went. And oh, well. I think you know this too—that the Easter Bonnet pageant was created at the Taj. Did you know that?
0: I didn't know that. No.
1: Yes, the Easter Bonnet pageant was created in the basement of oh. the Palace Theater. Uh, we we would uh, they would we would have uh, 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 they would make hats. All the um, companies would make hats, and they would bring them into I think the Palace Theater. And there was a jar that you voted on. So each hat had a jar next to it that you voted on. And uh, that's how it began in the Palace Theater with the Kaja Fall. Yeah.
0: And one of the people who I believe starred in that show while you were in it was Van Johnson. And what was that like to have him on stage? Huh?
1: No, um, I th- let me see. Did I work with Van? Um, I think I did. That that changed a lot um, while I was there. I think I had two Georges while I was working. I never worked with Walter Charles. I don't think. Um, I think Van Johnson. I, I did. I did five companies of that show, other oh. places. So I. So I get. I get a little confused who I worked with, <laughs> but I tell you this, I tell you this, I was uh, almost going to work with Leroy Reams Oh, Because Leroy Reams was coming in to do our band. And um, uh, that was when the show was just about to close. And um, so I never got the chance to rehearse with Leroy, but I knew he was cast. Um, the uh, and i was doing rehearsals with this actor uh his name was robert stack have you ever heard of him yes i have robert, I... From the untouchables movie I mean, the tv show well he oh. he was uh i auditioned with uh not audition i re- was rehearsing with him and he didn't work out <laughs> and then they replaced him and but the show was getting ready to close very soon. So we never I never worked with Leroy or Robert Stack and uh, uh the show closed on Broadway. One of the one of the, the one of the most fun shows I've ever been in. Oh yes. Yeah. With the car.
0: And so after this was uh, Grand Hotel, which was again with Tommy Toon. And so did he ask you to do this or did you re audition or
1: No, I didn't have to audition for this. Um uh uh, to knew my work from my one and only, yes, I was in California, I was in California, and uh, I got a call from his assistant uh, to come back to New York uh, to do a work And um, it was a beautiful show, just beautiful. Oh,
0: yes. And what were some of the biggest changes that were made between that original workshop and Broadway?
1: Um, There was a cast change for The Doctor. Um, I'm trying to think who it was at first. Uh, It was a movie star. Uh, We'll keep talking and maybe I'll think of him. Uh, there were a lot of changes of, uh, Flemchen had a couple numbers that were different. Um, the Jimmy's had a different number in Boston oh. that was changed for New York. Um, uh, yeah. So just, just a lot of number just a lot of uh, musical numbers were changed.
0: when grand hotel was the um, David Carroll and Brent Barrett and that tragedy that happened then and what was it what was that like as a member of the cast too uh, well
1: the, the, it was a tragedy losing David Carroll and the way we lost him and he uh, David Carroll is was, was was just an amazing amazing man an amazing performer uh, uh, a voice of of, of of clarity and 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 Strength. Uh, there's there, there's not enough wonderful adjectives to describe David Carroll, and he was um, uh, such a a a, um, a rock oh. in our show. To um, he brought a lot of us together, um, and he was always he always gave a hundred percent, even in rehearsals. So. We, we were we marveled at how, how he could just sing those songs so strong, so forcefully all the time. It was yeah. just amazing. Um, yeah and uh, so when we lost him at the recording session, um, it was before the rest of the cast were called to uh, do their, 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 their songs. David Carroll was being, uh, had been asked to do lay down his tracks before because he was ill. And, um, and, uh, so, uh, it, 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 just never, he was just too ill to finish the session and that's where he died in the recording session. So that was a tragedy. And then, um, the wonderful, handsome, beautiful, Brett Barrett came in and, and uh, took over and it was just, uh, just uh, you know, you've seen his performance yes, on the YouTube yes, that's, that's been so, so famous. of <laughs> 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 will take a glass together with him and Michael Jeter. Uh, it's great. It's great.
0: Oh, yeah. And what was your collaboration like with Danny Strayhorn, who was, of course, the other Jimmy? Oh, just
1: we, well, you know, I had never worked with Danny. I've heard I had heard of Danny Strayhorn because he had a career uh, much earlier than I did when I came to New York. He was really uh, an established uh, performer in New York, Broadway performer, and uh, so it was great. We had to work a lot of things out uh, dance-wise. We had to figure out our styles, and and uh, because we were uh, a, a a duo. Uh, we had to try to match each other's style, and I think we accomplished that. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a wonderful
0: number. And what was that like, that performance on the Tonys that's become
1: so famous? Well, that was, that was extraordinary. We, I think we opened the show, I think. And it's... I can watch that video and, and feel how it felt. To be there that night at the oh. tony awards the excitement was so so high <laughs> it was so high and uh so joyous and 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 uh we all were in top shape and so um uh it was nothing like it
0: yeah and another uh, famous replacement was in the show which was us
1: Charisse, coming in and. You know, can you imagine? I mean, picture a person that you've seen in movies mostly all your life, and a legend who's who, who danced with Fred Astaire and Gene Kelly. Just imagine being in her dressing room, talking to her. You know, just you pick anybody that. It's from in your in your time now, in your generation, that you would want to be on stage with—that's how it feels. That's how it felt to oh. be in the presence of sensory. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. oh, and Grand Hotel and Le Cachot Fall are two shows that get revived a lot. And as a member of the original cast, what would you want people to sort of keep in mind when? Reviving those shows,
1: LeCage. Um, just keep it. Let's keep it for, for LeCage. Uh, uh, well, for both. So sure, for any show, uh, just keep the integrity of it. Um, uh, LeCage really speaks for itself. It's it's all there. It's all there in the script. It's all there in the music. Yeah. Um Grand Hotel can be interpreted in in a different way. Uh, and, and case in point, the city center production of it was different, but just as exciting. And, and I have seen the, maybe my baby number, maybe my baby loves me number, oh. the Jimmy number. I've seen that so many times, done so many different ways. And they're all interesting and different. And uh, so there's freedom there in, in that show. Uh, I think maybe as I'm talking now, I think there's a little more freedom in grand hotel than there are, that there is in Le cause oh. is the is such a, a, a piece onto itself that it's all there. Everything you need to know about Le is there. The performers can be different, you know, but the story is still there. Uh, Grand Hotel, um, uh, I was thinking of uh, uh, the production of, of La Caja Fall that we did in Philadelphia. Uh, the, the dance numbers were different. Like they added the tap number somewhere else, they added Marilyn Monroe characters somewhere else in oh. the, um, uh, the different numbers. So that can change too, but I'm talking about the story itself. Uh, La Caja, it's the story is right there. Uh, and the, getting back to Grand Hotel, um, uh, the Jimmy's number just, just I, I, people send me the Jimmy's number uh, that they've done and uh-huh. uh, it's just wonderful how different it can be and as exciting yeah and so I'd love to ask too about uh,
0: Tommy Toon tonight which was your last Broadway show till now and what was it like to be collaborating with Tommy Toon as an actor in addition to as a director?
1: Oh, it's, well, my collaboration with Toon has always been a joyous experience. Um, he knows what I can do. He trusts my instincts. Um, I understand what he wants from a dancer. Um, uh, I never went on, I was understudy, I, was, I covered uh, uh, Franz and uh, Robert. Uh, Fowler. So um, I never went on as for those those two guys in coming to tonight. Um, <clears throat> uh, but uh, uh, it was great again being with him, being in his presence, uh, being near him. Uh, I love watching him work. I love I love watching him create things and putting things together. He's uh, he's quite extraordinary, that man. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely.
0: And so, after this, was it a conscious choice to not come back to Broadway, or is that just sort of the way things happened? Or?
1: Well, what happened uh, was that I I was feeling uh, because of all the dancing, and I was feeling uh, uh, I was getting some pain in my knees, and oh. my lower back was starting to hurt, and um, I and also uh, I was getting older. And, um, uh, and I found that I could, uh, do other things to make a living. Uh, I went to work at Bloomingdale's for on and off for years Uh and, uh, I found that I could, um, be a salesman and I could be a good salesman and, um, uh, uh, and I think, uh, the training in as an actor also. Comes in handy when you're a salesman, <laughs> 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 and uh, so I enjoyed that. I was a waiter a lot in New York, mm-hmm. so um, I was able to earn a living, and and uh, which was great. Yeah. Um, my rent was inexpensive, and uh, so um, I was. Uh, so it. Uh, I just felt that I wanted to just stop. Working in theater because I was, I didn't want to hurt myself in retirement age. You know, I just wanted, I wanted to be sure that I I wouldn't uh, be injured. uh, Because, uh, like I said before, Charles, I, whenever I'm on stage, I try to give as much as I can and even more. And I didn't want to inadvertently um, hurt myself. Yeah, you know, well, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. and so to bring us up sort of to the present day, what was this quarantine recently like for you as an artist and as a person and all of
1: that? Oh um, well, well because I wasn't in theater, uh, that wasn't an issue for me. Like some other my like my, my friends, uh, they really had a hard time with that. Um, uh, I didn't have that because I, I wasn't depending on uh, theater to support me. Yeah. So, uh, so, so, so the, the pandemic didn't affect me that way as far as uh, 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 finances, because yeah. um, I was retired anyhow. Um, so I, 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 uh, I didn't, uh, the only thing that affected me was Seeing New York being hurt, you know, and the world being hurt. Um, Because the thing about the pandemic, uh, everybody felt the pain.
0: Oh, yes. Definitely. Yeah. And so, how did the inspiration for this new 54 Below show happen?
1: Well, Mm. there was this um, 10th anniversary of 54 Below, Feinstein's 54 Below. anniversary that uh, uh, Nia Gillette was on the bill and I was on the bill with other Broadway big names and oh. um, I did uh, two songs, I did uh, At the Grand written by Maury Yeston um, that he wrote for Grand Hotel in Boston and it was Michael Jeter's song and I did that for the first time ever in public, I've never sung that song before oh. in public so I, I sang that it was almost like a tribute to, well, it was a tribute to, to Jeter. I, I miss him. And he was such a, a wonderful human being, uh, to so many people. And he was one of uh, my best friends. And, um, so it was a tribute to him. And also I love that song. And then I went into, maybe my baby loves me. The song yeah. that uh, was written for me, uh, arranged for me. in uh, in Boston, so I did those two songs, and the next day, um, I got a uh, an email from the program director, and uh, asking me to uh, would I be what I consider doing a solo show at the venue. Oh, okay. and um, I immediately responded yes, um, not having anything really in mind of what I was going to do. <laughs> I had an idea, but I really had nothing really concrete. And so I asked Michael Levine, would he musical direct me? And because he's one of the best in the business. Yeah. And um, and uh, so he said, yes, you'd be excited. So that made me say, well, wow, I have I'm almost there. And then I asked Rob Schneider, uh I said, uh, would you uh, direct it? And he said, you'll be glad to. So I had my team in place. And I said, well, okay, let's do this. Let's write a okay. show. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it gave me the shows in August, August 23rd at 7 o'clock. <laughs> and uh, it, it gave me time. It gives me time to... Uh, really work on this show which i do every day um i think the the script is pretty much solid um i have uh i have some new songs to learn and uh, which i'm learning which i love i love the songs that michael has chosen for me and um so it's going to be uh i think a wonderful evening charles i i'm so excited about it. it it's a it's a big deal for me to um uh, do this at that beautiful, beautiful club. Oh, um, nice. so I'm, uh, I have family and friends coming in from out of town and you know, you know the deal. They, uh, yes, yeah. they're excited for me. I talk to my dad and, uh, I, uh, I talk to my dad every Sunday and he does in Philadelphia. And, um, uh, whenever I go to Philly to take him to one of the touring shows in Philadelphia, he asked me, he said, do you miss it? Uh, when are you going to do another show? And I say, oh, Dad, I think I'm not going to do another show for a while. (laughs) And and then I talked to him a couple weeks ago. I told him I am doing a show, and he sounded so happy. Oh, that's uh, wonderful. So that's even more reason to do it, you know. Oh, yeah.
0: And then, so the last question I'd love to ask, which I ask everyone is, with such a great uh, career in the theater, what advice would you give to someone just starting out? Be prepared.
1: (laughs) Just be, uh, yes, yeah, I, I, you know, and, 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 love, well, you wouldn't be in theater if you didn't love it. Uh, so that's, that's a moot point. Uh, but just be prepared as much as you can. Sometimes you, you're caught off guard and you can't prepare, <clears throat> excuse me, as extensively as you would want and also right. just do the best you can uh, always. That's uh, it's 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 hard to give advice, you know, oh, because everybody's different. Everybody's work they work in a different way, um, uh, but I think coming to the final, the final process, the end of the process, is to just be prepared and, um, and just love love it. Love it. It's, a, it's a good life. Well that's great advice
0: and, and thank you so much for doing this. I it's been an honor to
1: Yeah, thank you, Charles. It's been a great talking to you.
0: Listeners, thank you for tuning in, and remember to come back next time when I am joined by star of stage and screen Constance Towers. Constance Towers starred on Broadway opposite Yul Brynner in The King and I, as well as in Anya, The Engagement Baby, and Ari. She also associate-produced The Speed of Darkness and appeared in Dumas and Sun on the Road, The Sound of Music at City Center, Showboat at Lincoln Center, Camelot in Summerstock, Six Dance. Dance. Dance Lessons in Six Weeks in Los Angeles, and Follies on Tour. Her myriad screen credits include The Naked Kiss, The Horse Soldiers, General Hospital, Capital, The Relic, Frasier, Designing Women, Bring Your Smile Along, and Fate is the Hunter. You won't want to miss this episode, so make sure to come back next time, and thanks for tuning in.